So today I welcome Julia Bill to the In Conversation With podcast for women in jazz media. The fabulous Julia is an award-winning original singer, songwriter, pianist, producer and guitarist. She also has a tone to die for and that melts my heart. I oh. just love listening to you. How are oh, you? That's Julia? nice to know. I'm very well. Thank you, Hannah. That's a lovely intro. Oh. That's very sweet. How are things with you? You're right? Yeah, all good, thank you. It's um it's been good. a bit of a hectic day, but it's all good now I'm talking to you. Beautiful. Happy to be here. Great what, stuff. What have you been up to today? Oh well, you know, rushing around. Normally I start the day sort of rushing around, trying to catch up on what didn't happen the day before, and then I get to my the fun bits later on in the day. So here we are doing the the first fun bit of the day. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find the morning is better for admin and the afternoon mm. better for being creative. But people work differently, don't they? How about they you? Do. What's the best time? Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I meant, really. Yeah, like the, the administrative stuff and just like personal, pers what I call personal admin. Far too much of that. So there's lots of that going on, you know. Uh, and ting and ting. So I'm just yeah looking forward to getting creative later. Great. So what is your inspiration for, um, for being creative? What's my inspiration? I don't know, that changes like daily. Um, I don't know, I'm always, I guess the, the main thing is I just want to, um, uh, I don't know, kind of get outside of myself and connect things in a way that you can't really do just in normal life and make sense of things. Uh, that's what I, I love about music is that, you know, it's kind of like doing a very kind of esoteric Rubik's cube or something. It's just kind of like gathering stuff and then going, da 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 da. That's what I meant. There you go. That's what I meant. And I couldn't really say it any other way. So um, it's a very um, beautiful thing to have in my life. I'm very grateful that I get to do that because uh, it means that things happen on a plane that I'm accessing and uh, working with on a regular basis and it, it sort of makes life more exciting so it's great. Do you find it it's also kind of it's good for your soul it's almost a meditative process as well? Absolutely yeah of course yeah it's a meditative um, just the process of decision making as you go through writing new things and and even, you know, in the process of performing in the moment, you just, it's lots of decision making and commitment to decisions. And um, these are things you can't really reflect upon too consciously, otherwise you kind of ruin it. So uh, that requires getting into that meditative state and just allowing, getting into a place of allowing and, um, and sort of allowing yourself to be part of the wavelength rather than uh you know in the way of things so yeah if that makes any sense yeah um, i find that when i'm composing and trying new things out you have to allow yourself to go wrong in a way or what you deem might might not be you know what you'd necessarily want to do so that then new things create from that don't they and you go you, you kind of become a bit free yeah i kind of like to get to the 
you know, dream state, which is like to, you know, just like switch into that at will rather than like sort of, you know, uh, try to minimize the sort of the struggle to get there basically and just get there because because um, the process of, of trying to get there is is also the process of not being there so i i just want to get there quick as possible really yeah <laughs> if that makes any sense i don't know if anyone's going to understand what i'm going on about how do you do that how do you fast forward that doing it all the time i think trying to do it as often as possible yeah and um uh, getting out of your own way psychologically i think that we you know if we in the process of critiquing what we're doing it makes us very self-conscious it's better just to kind of just like i say allow straight away and 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 commit to whatever comes through um and um yeah not be embarrassed by any of it i mean i think that uh, that's been an important part of things to learn is just that you know um we're just all human beings so we're just sort of animals really so just allow any sound it's all valid it's all valid yeah and have how did you have you always had this freedom and kind of self understanding or has it been a journey to get to that state oh yeah no it's a massive journey to get to that state absolutely yeah i mean I've always been very kind of, I've always been very opinionated, but I've also um, very kind of like, I was kind of an interesting mix of opinionated, but very unsure of myself in a broader sense. So I kind of would, I'd have a, I'd be very sure about things that I didn't actually know very much about quite often, but, um, but in a broader sense in terms of identity, quite unsure. So there's a sort of duality to kind of, bring together which is basically my life's work really yeah yeah it's a constant journey isn't it yeah yeah exactly we kind of you know i don't think you ever reach a destination you kind of you get you know you get over one mountain and you see the next mountain behind that so it's just like that's one of the beautiful things about doing music isn't it is that you know uh, there's just so much to explore you can just literally never get bored ever there's no reason to ever get bored doing music yeah yeah and you play the piano and the guitar I, don't you well you know i i dabble a bit in the guitar i, I sort of loathe to call myself a guitarist really because but you know if as and when standing on stage playing the guitar you kind of have to call yourself a guitarist but i really i don't i'm not really a guitarist i just play a bit of guitar in the studio and then if the you know if 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 needs must i'll do it on a gig but i'm really uh, more of a piano player. I've been playing piano since I was quite little and, and guitar. I mean, I'm playing it for a number of years now, but at the minute, I'm not really doing too much of it apart from in the studio. Yeah, like, and just weeding it out occasionally to, you know, create, come up with parts and things like that. But mm. Mm, yeah. So do you, when you're being creative and you're composing new, I was going to say stuff, but I don't mean the word stuff, but you know, like composing new works. Uh, songs you, yeah yes do you work at the piano how does it how what's that process for you oh there's lots of different ways of of um doing it. i've been playing a lot of drums lately actually i've been um so that's sort of started a whole new thing of kind of 
because different angles, you know, different starting points take you down different roads. And so I always like mixing up that because it just keeps things fresh and, um, and, and just sort of, you keep getting excited. So that's always great for the sort of, for the spark. Um, but yeah, it depends what I'm doing. I mean, you know, I did my uh, solo piano voice record a couple of years ago, my latest release, and that was actually that a lot of that stuff had been composed or written like in maybe mainly at the piano. I would mainly like even if I started on the guitar because I'm not really a guitarist, I would eventually have to work out what chords I was playing and then transfer it to the piano because in order to actually work out what am I doing, um, and. Uh, but like I say, yeah, lately I've been playing a bit of drums and then so that's, that means that I'm kind of getting a little bit more into kind of groove based things um, sometimes. And then sometimes people send me a track, like a backing track, and I'll just do a top line. And then um, other times, yeah, I might start with a melody in my head and then work out what the chords are that I'm sort of imagining. Um, very occasionally I'll start with like a start with a lyric, but mainly I'll start with melody and uh, chords um, or as I say you know occasionally now start with a groove and then build from there so um, I just kind of open to uh, open to the process in whichever direction it begins and and then whichever angle it starts and then go along the direction that it dictates and um, and try not to overthink it really because that's what I've um, mainly found a very important lesson is just not to overthink things and stick to the first impulse because that's always the truest it's the truest it's the truest that's why I said like you know if we're allowing then actually we honor that first impulse there's normally something there that is that was you know the correct thing for that environment that context that we were in I think that's probably quite true. You might say follow your gut, mightn't you as well? Yeah, exactly. There's different ways yeah, to express that, but follow fo follow your gut. I mean, I think at times for me it's confusing is when we don't trust that. You know, we don't trust the gut and then they're like, well, I don't know what's good. You know, you know I don't know if that's good. Mm. And the thing is, if you don't know if it's good, if you can't commit to it, then it's very difficult to ask anybody else to feel good about listening to it, I think. So... Yeah, you have to kind of go, okay, I'm going to do this to the fullest extent. And then, and then, you know, some people are going to absolutely hate it. And that's totally cool. Yeah. You know, cool. Great. You hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't, you just can't make music for imaginary people. You kind of just make music that you feel speaks to you and sounds like the truth. And then go with that yeah be authentic to yourself yeah mm. and how does it feel when you release your music for other people to listen to well i mean normally the journey to from making the music and releasing it is so long that you just like by the time you actually get to that point you're just like oh thank god for that because it's just so long I wish it wasn't so. I mean, it depends, doesn't it? If you are, if you if you consider yourself still to be an album artist in this 
modern times that we're that we're in then it is still a long lengthy process to create a body of work and and then get that all you know that all the i's dotted and the t's crossed um from every angle to put out into the world it's a it is a bit of a process it takes a while so um yeah normally i'm quite relieved because it means that i can or what i've started to realize is that you know i can't just wait for that to happen i've just got to keep creating i've just got to, i can't just go oh i can't do anything more until this music comes out you know because then you just feel i i used to do that and i was just like i just feel really weird i could just like yeah it just wasn't wasn't working for me that so i just kind of try to keep flowing but then it becomes hard because you're you're then you know you've got to have many hats on at once but as i'm getting older in the business i feel, I feel like more comfortable with just okay you're gonna put that hot that hat on for a couple of hours and i'm gonna put that hat on for a couple of hours and and just kind of accept that that's what it is that's what that's the job description you know that's how it is see so that's what i do i i i think right today i am i'm gonna do this and this and i and i'd like dedicate in chunks so that otherwise if i try and do everything at once everything just becomes fuzzled yeah that fuzzled feeling though that's the thing that i'm like i'm embracing that now i'm just embracing fuzzled because actually it's quite creative space to be in i find so i mean it you know maybe a couple of details get like like you know not they just don't get completed or whatever but i mean in the general sense it means that i can still be creative if i if i just go oh today i'm just going to have like a full-on admin day it then it's just like the next day is like you can't you know you're out of the flow you're out of the flow yeah. i just i can't do that anymore so now i'm just like okay i'll spend a couple of hours doing what needs doing for the admin but every day i'm going keep that creative juices flowing mm-hmm. yeah that's how it is at the moment brilliant and, yeah and it's just I, it's much more productive i've got to say even though yeah you kind of get things are fuzzled they are a bit like everything is a bit fuzzy and there's very little demarcation of things and that's so it's not going to be a system that works for everyone but i'm a little bit chaotic by nature so i think it's probably it's okay it just feeds into the I think you just need to find, as you say, a process that works for you that you Yeah, exactly. You can yeah. kind of trust it. So you think it will all be fine. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fine. So yeah. uh so your most recent recording was live from the church, which was recorded. Oh yeah. I forgot Christ, about that. It? <laughs> it, it did yeah, it was. I forgot completely forgot I did that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I put that out just on Bandcamp if anyone's interested. That's only on Bandcamp uh live from the church and that was literally yeah completely live uh live audio visual ep so there's like a video and a sound recording done simultaneously and um just yeah a few a few tracks from uh the last couple of albums and then a couple of new little bits it's only six songs um half an hour thing and yeah it was in brighton yeah, I knew I had to do. I had to do this showcase, and I thought, well, I'll try and uh, I'll just do this recording for that, and then. But I really liked it, so I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'd like everybody to see it actually. So I thought I'd put it out like that, and um, and as I was going around looking for somewhere to do it, 
um, I put the call out on Facebook. Does anybody know where I can record this thing? And and it just was the nicest, most supportive place that I reached out to this church in Brighton. And um, and uh, Lisa, um, friend Lisa, who was doing the visuals, she's based in Brighton anyway, so it kind of worked out. And um, yeah, it was lovely. It was really cool. And what was the showcase for then? Oh, that was um, Jazz Ahead. Uh-huh. Jazz Ahead. I was doing, but it was it was. Uh, when did we do it? When did that should do it? Must have been. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before that they did it. But anyway, it was during the pandemic, so the whole thing happened online, really. So mm-hmm. that's why I recorded the showcase. Uh, and yeah, and that became live from the church. So did you record it in lockdown? Was it during that time? Did you did you do it then? You know, I'm struggling to remember. <laughs> I'm struggling to remember, but I think it was um, well. It's definitely during lockdown, but I can't remember if it was if I recorded it in 2020 or in 2021. I just don't know now. It must have been 2020, 2021. I must have recorded it. I recorded it like uh, beginning of like maybe April or May last year, and then it was the showcase. So yeah, I just don't know now when it was. I think I was supposed to do it. Yeah, I can't say. Anyway, it happened. That's what I can say. It happened. It was great. Check yeah. it out, people. Yeah. I, well, I have been listening to it, which is why I mentioned okay. it because. Oh. Because uh, because I was I was interested. I hadn't realised that you it, it was a great, it's a great idea to have kind of linked the two up. If you if you were going to do the showcase anyway, to then come out of it. Because I, I wondered how the plans had come about for that. But actually, it was kind of like you needed to do it, and so you used it to make even more. Yeah, I just thought well, yeah, and it was it was a good thing a good thing to do because I've been playing a lot of solo piano voice during the pandemic anyway because i've done all these live streams and um so i was very comfortable with with that format at that point as well so just sort of felt like that would be a nice way to mark that period of time as well yeah and yeah. did you only reach out to churches because you could try other venues as well well i wanted somewhere that was visually going to be interesting and it's sort of the concept the context with church i mean i'm not religious but at the same time i you know i I do love the reverb in a church and and i love um the idea of there being a greater a greater entity beyond ourselves that because for me that's what music is it's a communion with that and so in a way it was like uh to honor music to find that setting to do it in that setting and 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 go deeper into the kind of the greater than us kind of entity that music is so um it didn't really appeal to me to just do it in a studio space it just was a bit dry and a bit uh yeah the atmosphere wouldn't really have been the right thing for that flavor that I was after, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. And did you do it in one, one take? It was just mm-hmm. like kind of one show. And did you have an audience? Well, just um, 
no no basically no what it says there there's uh um emory who was recording the sound and lisa who is recording the visuals and and then my partner idris who is sort of around for a bit and then he hooked up with a friend in brighton so he's like, he's heard all this just went off it was like see ya. Uh, and that was it yeah that was it so and then like you know maybe the caretaker of the church or something very very you know select shall we say very select elite group of people yeah. <laughs> that was amazing yeah no it was fun it was great yeah yeah would you do I'm it kind again? of well yeah i would do it again but right now i'm kind of looking forward to doing more gigs with you know, having spent like two years not doing too many shows with other people because of what's been going on, you know, I'm really ready to make music with other people now because um, I've really missed that, you know, uh, that dialogue that you have playing live is, uh, you know, in, an important part of what has drawn me to music in the first place. I like, you know, I like that exchange. So yeah was missing that and looking forward to more of that although you know just it's it's just because most of my shows have been abroad um for the last few years i don't know quite a few years actually but um yeah so with it all everything that's gone on there's just been like a big hiatus and lots of machinations and stuff so it doesn't look like this year's going to be that productive gig, gig, gig wise in terms of the fuller lineups but um but next year should be better so yeah what's in the pipeline um a few things actually i've started what i have started doing is like a completely free improv thing which is quite um there's quite a lot of, of in, instrumentalists been going around doing that for a while i think the pandemic really kicked that off because everybody was just so conscious of time and and the preciousness of being together that it just felt like it when people came together they spontaneously combusted into music and and i wanted to get involved with that so i started doing a bit of that under um a banner called radical acceptance uh which is just like you know get together and radically accept each other's utterances musically and uh and in song if if song bursts forth so i've been doing about that that's fun and um and a few other things which i'm not can't really ready to announce at the moment but oh. yeah <laughs> some other stuff lots of writing's gone on basically this whole this whole time so there's lots of that that you know will come out in different directions basically yeah. oh you're keeping us hanging do you what can i say you know stay tuned follow me on the socials all that stuff and it'll be first to know no i'm i've just you know i just can't i just can't i can't say what's not what's not ready to be said yeah well, yeah i i am sure that we will watch this space and hold our breath <laughs> you know feel free to get on with other stuff meanwhile it's fine <laughs> so what was your first performance or gig like after lockdown your first show oh that was quite dramatic actually because my first show was in france and it was a time when uh 
they really were not letting anybody in but um and so i couldn't take my band and uh i could go because i can't remember the details now but i because i've got um um dual national uh not with france but with germany and so i've got uh, two i've got the eu passport so i went off and but they said that i couldn't bring my couldn't bring my band so i had to use french musicians and my agent in france um had uh, pointed me in the direction of some french musicians and i checked them out and i was like okay well cool i'm gonna play uh let's you know reach out to this drummer and to this bass player and see if we can get something going on and so um it was like a dream team in france i was like cool this is gonna be actually really exciting so i went off to go and do that and then the bass player got covid two days before so to find like really dramatically find another bass player and then we had like one rehearsal and then we did this show for it's jazz festival it was a beautiful festival and you know um and it just you know came together great so it was really exciting but yeah it was down to the wire it was really like lots of adrenaline and and you know uh lots of um trying to make things as clear as possible so that they would have what they needed without too much fuss and bother uh we could connect mu musically and yeah it was amazing so that was very eye-opening in terms of um what's possible you know that's not something i'd been in a situation of having to do before anything like that and so i was you know i felt like i didn't really step up for that one and uh and thankfully it worked out so then you kind of feel a little bit more empowered about things and think okay well if i could do that then maybe i can do this and start to make to make other ideas come out and think oh well you know uh what else can we do you know so that was quite exciting and um yeah so that was that that was last summer last july 2021 and how, how did it feel emotionally like being able to perform in live again oh yeah it was very emotional for the audience and and for us um yeah no it was actually no i'm forgetting i did a show in london on uh, october 2020 as well which was really emotional now that you've mentioned that um yeah it was you know people were very that's when everyone was having to sit like two meters apart and the whole room was like, spread out with people sitting two meters apart and whatnot and um and nobody had been to a gig for ages and so that was like one of the first shows i think that was going on and that was really something incredible and i didn't know when it was going to happen again because we were about to go into we i think at that point we already knew that it was just a brief window of time and then we were going heading back into lockdown so it was um yeah i mean what a strange time for everybody to have gone through and hopefully it's behind us because very, very difficult, but it did make music matter quite a lot. That's what I did feel about it. Suddenly, like, um, you know, oftentimes I think music is um, taken for granted, um, especially here, but in this country, because there's been so much brilliant music that's come out of this country. And sometimes it makes people a little bit complacent about, oh yeah, well, you know, the next brilliant person's around the corner anyway, so I don't need to worry about it kind of thing. Um, and then suddenly I think everybody 
just appreciated the value of music a bit more than usual and um and it it, it felt really like there was an important role to play in terms of connecting people to themselves and to each other through the music uh and so yeah like that was an interesting moment value just brought home to you as an artist and also to people listening and feel like everyone is is in communion with that was that was that was amazing mm. how just how did that feel for you did you feel that too yeah i my first gig after lockdown um nobody wanted to go home it was it oh that's it, lovely it and it and like the tech guys were so excited that it, we ever just kind of stood on stage and just chatted and chatted and the lighting yeah. and, yeah, nice. and usually you know the bands go we all have a chat after and then within like 15 minutes they've gone because they've got a long journey whatever I would, nobody left for an hour and a half oh <laughs> yeah and it was such a special time and the audience didn't really want to go yeah and oh. it was a real kind of like a, a huge exhale but a big hug at the same time mm, yeah very good way of putting it yeah definitely yeah and I and I and I had a, I've got a few tracks that I performed at that show that just seem to really mean a lot so I'm still playing those because they kind of seem to have that that sigh but also the energy within them beautiful yeah there's something it's interesting isn't it how how things that we write start off coming from one place and then as time progresses they kind of transmute and mean all sorts of other things as you go through performing them in different contexts and different stages of your development and then you just suddenly and you know and then different things that happen that attach themselves to the meaning as well um it's always fascinating that side of things i find yeah and if one person from the audience gets in touch and says i really loved this track and that yeah. that always stays with me if somebody says that you know you think oh wow and if if, if they're coming again you think well oh, i must play that track yeah and I, if you know that they'll be there like sometimes some people have been there and they go oh but you didn't play my favorite song so i didn't know you were going to be there i didn't know that was your favorite song i'm sorry so you know then it's like oh god sorry um but you know yeah exactly always try to do that if possible yeah don't we yeah it's lovely it's lovely when people get in touch and tell you how it made them feel it's one of the perks it's like it's a beautiful thing because you know you write these things and hope they connect and so it's the people should never feel embarrassed about reaching out to tell artists that they connected with their music because it's wonderful every time that you hear that as an artist isn't it yeah I feel really it kind of it warms my heart but then I and I then I share it with the band because obviously they're part of it and then I send yeah. it to a few of my friends and they're like oh my god and it's just it's just lovely yeah definitely I don't know how to explain it so um I've mainly listened to you just accompanying yourself so you said you have a band usually oh right oh gosh well um that's interesting. You know, I've put, I've got, I've had three albums out with fuller lineups. So, and then the last album, which was just a kind of like, um, I just felt a lot of people had come to my shows and said, "Oh, piano record, we love that part of the show when you you just play a couple of songs on your own." 
and it'd be so lovely to be able to listen to more of that so i had that in my mind where i thought okay i'm gonna do a solo piano record um but also you know it's as is what i practice and what i'm doing most of the time it was pretty straightforward to do obviously as well because of that well there's nobody else to rehearse there's no one else to book there's like you know it's okay just go on and just do it so it's very um it's an easy thing to do from that standpoint and um but yeah it's not it's not something that i thought was going to be something i would be known for oh julia bill she just accompanies herself and that's that she goes around playing like billy no mates <laughs> I know it no it's no I'm doing maybe like that it's just that you know it's just that when um I did a, I did a while back I did a few shows solo shows and and I realized that I've got mad respect for people who go around doing solo shows because it's it you know just from the point of view of of going there on your own experiencing the whole journey on your own and then doing everything on your own and then doing the gig on your own and then coming back on your own nobody to reflect on the whole experience with and i just thought i realized at that point that i wasn't mad keen on that myself because i like the you know just the, the the banter and the chat and and just experiencing things with other people too much really to do loads of solo shows particularly although having said that i have got a few solo shows coming up but i think maybe i've um i'm like you know a little bit more um aware of of uh of what that involves and probably better able to handle it now than i was when i did those things a few years ago so um but yeah no i do love playing the band um but it's not happened for a little while not since those shows in france last year and and so i'm looking forward to it yeah i'm looking forward to doing that again i mean the previous albums that i did that are full of lineups the first one um not alone which came out in 2005 that's gosh that's a long time ago now but um that was you know i've had quite like different bands that every for all these albums because they're quite far apart and so things that have evolved so it's like 2005 that was sort of the one out the one lineup um, with um johnny phillips on guitar and uh, Tom Herbert on double bass and, and Seb Rochford on drums and Ben Davis cellist on cello obviously the cellist on cello and then um, Idris Rahman my partner on clarinet and then the next album came out full 10 years later and that was a different lineup again different sound world really because I had um, whereas the first album was quite acoustic and sort of woody and very earthy and organic and stuff like that the second album was a bit more sort of rocky. Um, and so that was, we still had Sebastian Rochford on drums. Um, and then I had Jasper Hoiber, who's known as a fantastic double bass player with his band Phronesis. And, and, yeah. But he was on electric bass. People don't nice. really know that he even did that. But yeah, he's great. And then um, guitar i started playing guitar for that album actually so there's me on electric guitar and piano on that album for the first time and then another electric guitarist called marco piccioni who in fact who um yeah was new on the scene at that point uh so that was marco and then i think i, I don't yeah, I think, 
yeah, hadn't met Rob Optograph at that point. He was on the next album. So there's this whole thing with guitars and guitarists at that stage. So that was kind of that. There were some strings as well from from Sammy Bechet, which I, I mustn't forget because he was amazing. So Sammy Bechet on strings, he played violin and viola on that. And then the the next album was 2018, self-titled album. And, and that was, again, that evolved again. So where is that Love Letters and Other Missiles from 2015 had been quite kind of rocky. Then for 2018, it became kind of a little bit more elegant, I guess. So, you know, the kind of rocky edges had sort of died away a little bit. And it was a bit more um, singer-songwriter, sort of elegant kind of thing. And maybe that's why it kind of, it went it went best in France, because I think that kind of elegant pop, if you like, kind of jazzy pop, um, maybe that's kind of more of a thing there. So, um, so yeah, and that was with... Salim Rahman on drums, who is quite an enigmatic figure. He's not on any social media. He's um, an amazing character, brilliant drummer, Salim Rahman. And then on bass for that album, I had Idris Rahman, who's my partner, who's very well known as a sax player and clarinetist, um, but is also an amazing bass player. So he played bass. And then I was playing a lot more piano then, a little bit of guitar, but more guitar from Rob Uptograph. He's incredible as well. Um, and not because he's never put out his own project, but he could if he wanted to. He just, I don't know, he, he just enjoys the act of playing so much. That's what he says. So um, I think I was at college with him. Oh, really? I think he was at Goldsmiths with me. Oh, I don't know. He went to Guildhall briefly. So maybe, so maybe it's someone else. I don't know, unless I'm wrong about that. I really remember the surname. So therefore, where would I have met him? Maybe he used Rob to come Uptograph. in. And, maybe he might have come in and played in a group or something. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I I guess I you know it's possible. Yeah. I have no idea. We'll have to ask him. Should get 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 him on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> He's probably doing a gig. Answer. He's probably doing a gig. Knowing him, it's the busiest musician in London. We're talking about. So, Rob Uptograph on guitar, and then um, Sammy doing some more strings, and Sammy Bechet. Um, I think that's about it. Lawrence Corns did one one tune on guitar. Oh, and then I had a bit of oud on the album as well from um, uh, Andy Gibb. My friend Andy Gibb plays uh, guitar mainly, but he also plays a bit of oud and this and that. So he played a bit of oud. Um, yeah. So and then I did the solo album. Then I did the uh, the piano voice album. So. You know, and I, most of the touring I've done, as I say, has been in, in trio or sort of four-piece format. Mm. Mm. And how do you find, obviously, we're the Women in Jazz Media um, podcast, how do you find being a female artist in the current environment for you? Because it sounds as though you're the only, you're generally the only girl on stage with you guys. Yeah, that's true. And I often think about that because, you know, I'm the one that's booking the musicians. So that's my fault. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's literally, you know, I'm responsible for that. But at the same time, you know, you, you go after a sound, you come going after a sound and also a working relationship that you're involved with. Uh, maybe it's because my partner's a musician as well. I don't know. But I mean, I don't, I haven't come across too many uh, female instrumentalists that have been 
that I've been connected with and developed something with to then go, okay, yeah, let's, you know, let's do more of this. And I don't know, it just hasn't organically occurred. So maybe I need to uh, make it occur at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, the thing about women in jazz in general is it's just, it's what the main thing for me is that it's not, although I'm not saying female instrumentalist is easy at all, but female jazz singers who write their material is like, it's not done. I mean, I'm, you're, I'm absolutely amazed and honored to be invited onto this podcast because normally in the UK, I get the feeling as if like, oh, well, if you write your own material and you're a singer, then you cease to be a jazz artist at all. So, um, which is just one of the most, I just, I can't, I mean, you know, it's just, it's infuriating, frankly, because, um, and at some point I shall write a book <laughs> about all the ways in which that's so um, infuriating and demeaning and belittling so i will um i'll do that at some point but yeah so but i won't deep it too much now hannah because <laughs> but basically yeah it is it is it is a thing that you know um and we haven't and for most people in the discussions that i've had about that it's a blind spot that people are quite happy to contend with it's like you know, it's convenient for, for instrumentalists, not female ones particularly, but just generally. It's a convenient thing. Um, songs are often taken more seriously in the jazz world when they've been at least co-written by somebody who's mainly known as an instrumentalist than if you're mainly known as a singer. And when I thought about it and went back into jazz history, I realised that that's just been the same for time, you know. The, the songs that Billie Holiday and Nina Simone wrote are not respected as songs as much as they should be to the extent that, you know, uh, famous educational syllabi that include lots of jazz songs don't see fit to include their work, you know. So that I, when I realised that, I was like, aha, so it's not just... It's not just a contemporary British issue. This is actually a jazz thing, you know, <laughs> that goes back to the origins of this art form as well. So um, something uh, really, yeah, that I'm aware of that maybe not everybody, even in the jazz world, even stops to think about too much is that it's just how singers write their material uh, discouraged from doing so whereas instrumentalists who who then you know write a song often with a, a singer writing the lyrics but it's okay if the singer just writes the lyrics it's almost like that kind of thing of like oh well the singer should just look pretty and just you know vocalize what the man thought it's like nah. <laughs> no no <laughs> not from here not from here but um you know that's fine. I mean, you know, I have done that and I'm, I'm happy to do it, but I also feel why, why should I not write my own narratives? I've got my own stories to tell, so I should do that as well. Mm. Definitely. Mm. So, you know, that, that seems to not be the, not be, um, yeah, not welcome in every, in, every, in all spheres, should we say, but 
you can't like I say at the start you can't please everybody anyway so yeah if I if I suppress desire in myself it doesn't serve anybody so that's really important yeah 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 I think so mm. well I would like to feel that times are slowly perhaps changing a little bit not for the singers I'm so, I haven't seen any movement on the singers front there is there is movement for female jazz instrumentalists um but there isn't really for the singers that i've seen it's it's really a blind spot that people don't really even talk about very much um well it's good that yeah. you've brought it up now well i'm not <laughs> expecting the world to change Hannah, but you know <laughs> maybe one or two people might listen and go oh well i never thought about that you never know well, that's so that is really good then if people take a little bit of note really good let's see let's yeah, see yeah. so we are coming to the end of the podcast i'm afraid to say mm -hmm. but i've got a few questions for you okay these are like hannah questions that i ask everybody so the first one is what is your desert island disc and why oh my word you can't just bring that one on me oh my days <laughs> What am I going oh, oh, Hannah, that's not fair. Okay. Um, well, I would, okay, I would go with, I would go with, the, I've got, okay, I would go with uh, an album called Making Music, uh -huh. which was made by Zakia Hussein on tabla, John McLaughlin on guitar and um Jan Garbrick on saxophone and oh one other person whose names escape me anyway it's a really beautiful record and it's um you know how sometimes you just need music to answer some questions whenever I have like the big questions that's the album that I turn to and and it always provides it always provides so i think if i was stuck on a desert island i'd probably have lots of questions so i'd take that okay i'm really looking forward to checking this out later yeah yeah check that one beautiful record and my other question mm -hmm. what is your favorite time signature <laughs> well that would have to be six eight i knew you were going to say that <laughs> You've been listening to my stuff. You're like, oh, it's another one six eight. Oh, it's another one six eight. I once had a review where I don't know what this guy was expecting, but I was um, criticised for being too muso for writing in six eight. It was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> that just made me laugh. I still remember it because it's so funny. In one of the first bands I was ever in, which is um, uh, with uh, Robert Mitchell doing his project. I don't know if you know Robert's work at all, but let's just say the first tune I learned was in 17.8. So uh, whenever I, you know, someone says, oh, it's so muso 6.8, I'm like, mate, <laughs> check Robert, check Robert's 17.8 tunes. Yeah. yeah, I write a lot in 3, 4 and 6.8. Oh. And the band go, oh, another one. I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great, isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, I love a 3-4 as well, to be fair, yeah. 
Uh, 12 eight's good. 12 eight's actually also good. I'm getting more, a bit more into 12 eight at the moment. Nice. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out to chat with me today. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, been great to, to get to hang with you, Hannah. What's next for you? What have you got coming up? I have a live stream on Sunday. Very nice. Jazz at the cottage, which is done in this room, but it doesn't look quite like this. It's obviously my, I live in a thatched cottage and we kind of. Do you? Oh, how beautiful. And then um, August, I'm taking quietly because it's been manic and then September hit the ground running again. So I've got the Scarborough Jazz Festival and different things coming up, which is great. Cool. That yeah. sounds all, all good. Yeah. Just need, sometimes you just need a bit of rest. Yeah, no, that's very important. Yeah, it gives you perspective. Yeah. Nice one. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, you've been amazing. Thank you, Julia.